But is it the love or is it that they didn't want to lose the money? Let me tell you something that the Hano Illuminati is looking for you. <laughs> oh, no, no. I don't want to be part of that. <laughs> Joe Jamma and the gang are coming your way. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast, the podcast with strong opinions um, about things that we may or may not know too much about in order to broaden perspective. All right, today we have a special guest. His name is Roy, but he goes by, and you might know him by, as the Carpenter's Apprentice. What up, y'all? Welcome back to the Carpenter's Apprentice. Today, we're here at Too Hard, Too Fast for the podcast of the century. Stay tuned, bitches. Carpenter's Apprentice now, like, okay, so you, you, it was a hustle for you. What is it now for you? Like, what is you going out to the interview? Well, in a way, though, I, I should make this clear that it wasn't just a hustle for me, like, when we started up. I recognized that I wanted back in. I wanted back in the game. I just couldn't go back to politics. I had already barred myself from entry, from re-entry. It's like, uh, self-exile in a way you know <laughs> i self-exiled myself i thought it's gonna to be too difficult to have to answer these questions deal with these things right now um but i knew i needed a way back and i thought if i could be really a hard worker about it and like consistent and diligent about the work that i could build enough relationships and show people that show people that there were some redeemable qualities there <laughs> something that that uh I guess I was looking for a way to then to be in an influential position again to affect change for the good. And I, I knew that this could be that. I just didn't know if it would work for sure. Hey, one of your videos, uh, one, um, so I've seen quite a, uh, quite a bit of your videos. One of your earlier ones that I really liked, you went to go interview a guy um, with a mission in San Jose. Man, I thought that one was really interesting, man. He was talking about roots. He was talking about even the Alamo. It needs to be a Catholic church and, uh, your roots is where your ancestors are buried. Uh, that kind of blew my mind. I'm like, wow. He was very you know insightful. What? And- I love that you said that. Because Mr. Yeah. Wissad's interview is way before we, go, we make the transition to Instagram and Facebook. Oh, wow. So right now, almost all our content is on Instagram and Facebook. This Mr. Wissad interview that you're talking about is one of our yes, first yeah. 10 interviews, period. Yeah. So that's way into the catalog. I went I way him. back, bro. I see that. <laughs> I met him uh, when I was running for office. Oh wow! And his uh, granddad or ancestor of some way was the person who did the rose window over at Mission San Jose. Mm. And I just thought that that was like an important first one for us because it sets the tone, right? Like, yeah, yeah. This is South Side, and why are we going to be South Side? Yeah. And your heritage. Why are we do these things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I guess for I guess for me, I guess why I really like the mission. Well, me, I was born and raised in El Paso, so. Uh, that's one of the oldest missions too in Texas and then uh, going to college in San Antonio and then um, uh, working there and everything, uh, having all these missions to be able to go visit. And I don't know, it's just something about the missions and how back in the day, how our people kind of helped develop what Texas is today. Uh, it's just something that I love. So that was, re- that's why I really liked that one. That was, that one was really insightful. I'm glad you brought that one up. 
And you know what? Earlier, I'm sorry that I missed uh, the question earlier. You had said, um, where do I see the Carpenter's Apprentice now? Right now, we're in a state of growth and flux. I think that we are punching way above our weight somehow uh, because our follower numbers don't necessarily like, they don't make sense for the impact that we're able to have. You know, the numbers are too low in terms of followers for the outside impact that we're able to have in, in different situations. So I'm trying to figure out what the, I'm trying to crack that nut. Like what the fuck is going on there? You know, but then also how do we use that? Okay. So fuck it. Now we're in this tremendous spot where like, I feel like we snuck in somehow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we're here. How the fuck do we use it to do cool, good shit? I need to, I'm hoping that I can focus more on that. Like how do we leverage what this platform is to do stuff that matters for people's lives? Uh, so storytelling plus. From my, from my perspective, from my perspective, from my perspective, when I first started seeing you and I started following, um, you know, right before you hit that follow button, it tells you who else follows that person that follows yeah. you. And I had a bunch of friends that, you know, that from either like college or people I've met in my journey as I'm, as me myself trying to make something an influential aspect as well. Yeah. They followed you and I was like, okay, so then this guy has to have something. He's doing like, something. He is, you know, must be something good. That if these people are following him for the same reasons, I might start following him. And so I started what, having a co. Say that again. I, I, those cosigns are important. Yeah. So. I think, I don't know, like, I, I couldn't tell you, like, how to leverage anything because we're still trying to figure it out, too. Like, we're trying to figure out how, because this podcast got started just, just for fun. Like, it was just yeah. a fun thing, whatever. And then Worm and I realized, like, we can start doing something good with it. Like, we can make a change. So I couldn't tell. Like, we're in the same process of trying to figure out what good we can. But I think yeah. this is a step, like, inviting you on that who's clearly doing something good for his community. Um, Thanks. You're providing a different perspective to people that, you know, local, you go to local businesses, you go to, you know, I see that you interview polit politicians that are trying to get, make it as well, or even people that are starting small businesses. And that's, that's the way you're making a positive change. And, is, well, you know, the other thing is how do I, so, thinking what is good what is good what is good and how do i pursue that and then okay i, I sometimes man my ego gets uh, out of control you know so i got to find ways to in a, in a sense remove myself from the show so that because the, the, the if the mission's that important then i can carry it out without being the front man all the time there's got to be ways to share the mic and not this is like a weird thing because this is more like an eternal dilemma that I'm trying to explain out loud, you know? No, but I know exactly what you're saying, but keep okay, going. So, yeah. So then I'm trying to remove myself more from it so that it's more about whatever it is that we're the storytelling or, or whatever the objective is. And I think I can be a good warrior, whether it's in front of the camera or behind it. Yeah. So right now I think I'm really in a space of how do we share the mic? Sharing the mic then gives me the freedom and the, the ability to go, pursue these good tasks uh, you know those things are work they're hard and uh but creating content we were doing it daily for the longest time we only recently started putting it out 
whenever the fuck I want. <laughs> that's, the new, that's the new schedule. <laughs> so, but uh, it just producing the content takes a lot of thinking space too, you know? So I need to, I need that space. I don't got a lot to work with. I need that, that yeah. ran back. <laughs> no, I know what you, I exactly know what you're saying, man. Um, okay, so if you were to remove yourself from the mic, do you com like completely remove yourself? Or are you saying that you let the other person talk more or the interview? Yeah, well, you know, I've got uh, my sister and two cousins who are doing this thing with me. Uh, like they're not there on the daily, you know, doing everything daily with me, but they are definitely the crew. That's the brain trust when things need to happen, when big things are going on, we, we come together and we figure it out. So um, I think them taking over the mic more, I would love to see that. That was always my goal, my dream was that this could be a family endeavor and all of us could have a piece of it, you know, doing it. But they got, they weren't interested in the beginning or they're scared or this or that. But now that the platform's rolling, they kind of, I think they get it a little bit more. So I would love to see that transition. We've also started the, excuse me, the people's news. So we had, we have correspondence in different parts of town. We got one for the West side, for the North side and another one for the South side. And their jobs are to carry out the storytelling also. So I hope that we leave a, a, that we're leaving a rich legacy. Like, I don't want this to just be, we're getting our bread. I want everybody to be, come on, let's go. Everybody, because what I learned when I fucking fell down the first time really hard was you better really have a nice network around you. It will cushion the blow because falls come in life, period. And they come over and over and over and over again. You can't just outrun them. They just keep coming. That's how it is. So Fucking make yourself a nice nest. Get some friends. Fucking empower them. Get them opportunities too. Share the wealth so that you guys can kind of like, instead of like a fast trajectory up, it's it's a little slower, but it's consistent and it's maintainable. Nice. So are these people like they're they're in your network, but like they're under your name or they're under their own thing? This is what I told them seriously the first time we ever met. I told them the idea I had, and I said I would love to do this, but I'm not going to do shit to help. <laughs> <laughs> I said, please don't call me <laughs> if you need something. Please don't. I said, here's the mics. I gave them basic trainings on what I thought was stuff that you needed to know as an interviewer. And I said, good luck. You know, do it or don't. It's up to you. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, they were, they've been fucking rock stars at it. I mean, one of them had like a, one of them's doing fantastic. Nathaniel 210, he's got to check her out. Uh, Barrios with Values is producing some content that's like high quality stuff. Guess Outside is another one that we got. And she is, oh my God, she's telling stories that I didn't even see. You know, having a female perspective here in the South Side, being able to cover other sides of things. Every, I had a lot of blind spots. So all of them are doing really fantastic. But they don't, I don't ask them for nothing. They really don't ask me. They try not to ask me for nothing, I think. <laughs> and they don't. I think those names alone are perfect. Like Norfeño 210, Barrios, what? Barrios with Values. Barrios with values. I think that one hit me hard. Yeah. I didn't remember it, but it was like Barrios. <laughs> yeah, we got to get better at that second part. Hey, did you have someone that interviewed the Selena family? Do you recall? Yes, no? I did. I did. I did. This is um, her name is Mexi Moments. I we haven't kept in touch really since then. Mm. She used to do a podcast, or she might still do the podcast called Girl Talking Mas. Um, and she, you know, I don't know if I ran that interview or if my sister did or my cousin did. I don't know if you saw, but they did some of the interviews too. Yeah. 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 I think it was, uh, and I, I'm not sure if it was your sister. I can't recall, but it might've um, been my, I it was a female. Was my sister. Yeah. It was my sister. Okay. And she interviewed the young lady, uh, Mexi moments. And I, 
she was in college and she called Abraham Quintanilla to try to get an interview and told him what she was doing for a class and cha-cha-cha. And Abraham Quintanilla called the professor and asked, is this legit or is this bullshit? Wow. And the <laughs> professor didn't even know who he was. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Man, what would you even do if you're Abraham Quintanilla, you know? Oh, what about the guy who married? What's the name of the husband? Chris Pettis. Fuck, man. I mean, come on. To lose Selena. Here's the, here's the fucking kicker for that guy. Get Selena, the queen of all Latinas, period. Queen. Once she passes, he is now a magnet for every Latina, period. Yeah. This guy. I mean, what? what wow. Oh, you know, maybe that was callous. <laughs> okay. well, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point but at the same time could you go from the queen to to somebody else why would while you ever remarry why you're in the public eye at this point ah shit why why would you man you you hit the pinnacle cash out your chips i think the thing he lost her twice he lost her when she passed and then lost her when the Quintanilla family is trying to push him out of the history of Selena. Is that true? You know, I saw some comments on a YouTube video and it said some lady was like, thank you for including Selena's husband in this. But she said it with some sass, you know. And I said, what the fuck is that about? Like, are they not including him in other shit? So I guess now you're telling me they're not. No, yeah. That's fucked up, isn't it? I know. I don't know. If, like you know, the the movie. The movie was like the dad was ever happy with him or whatever. And I don't know if that was Hollywood or not. But uh, from from seeing the story afterwards or seeing like a, digging in a little deeper, like it does seem pretty pretty real that they weren't wanting Chris to be part of the story, part of of Selena. Bro, uh, I wouldn't Chris. either. This fucking imagine you're the pops. This character comes in for two years. <laughs> now, yeah. now he's in for life. But, you know, the thing is, you got to step back as a family member. This is always tough. Whoever your family, whoever it is that you love, decides to love, that's their choices. You got to fucking respect it. But is it the love or is it that they didn't want to lose the money? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Brother, I don't, let me tell you something that the Hano Illuminati is looking for you. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to be part of that. <laughs> Joe Jamma and the gang are coming your way. <laughs> Wait. Uh, you uh, Got to get the blood pressure up. Let's do it, dude. Let's do it. Get the heart beating. I don't know if I said it, but I have vodka in here. So. Oh, okay, nice. I was wondering why you're hydrating the whole time. <laughs> hey, man, it sucks, dude. So I had plans to go to Fiesta this year. And uh, then this damn COVID dude happened. Sucks, man. Is this the first time? Because so since you were born and raised in San Antonio, though, I mean, I'm sure you ex- you lived every fiesta and stuff. Um, is this the first time fiesta has been canceled? Well, it's the first time it's been canceled for sure. I never went. Period. It's very oh, expensive. Never... No, man, I'm yeah, yeah. cheap, cheap, cheap. <laughs> I don't spend my money like that. I spend it on. I spend it on the necessities, the smokables, the eatables. Nice, nice. The things that bring joy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, 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 and it's so crowded too. I hate traffic. Yeah, yeah. Hate traffic. And I don't know. It's just not for not my scene. But I enjoyed that people enjoyed it so much, and I enjoyed the culture of it all. And guess what? A fucking Agion is Ray Fail this year. Who's that? My last name. My last name is Agion. Uh, oh, there's not a lot of us. And there's a guy. No, there's a guy named. Uh, 
I can't remember his first name, but last name Aguillon, and he's the Ray Fail. And get this, we are somehow related. But, wow. dude, get, shit, this gets even wilder. Turns out there's some kind of rift in the Aguillon family tree. There's a section of them that go to Central Catholic and become golfers and all this shit. And then there's a section of them that were tile layers and had good times. You know what I mean? You're <laughs> <laughs> somewhere so, in the um. I, I think that's a story right there. Like, do you plan to dig into that? Yeah. I wish. I wish. I don't think so. Because, you know, family shit like that, that's a little... I'm getting above my skis. You know what I mean? There's some elders in the family that I would have to go consult with first. And I doubt they would uh, want that shit to get out. Is that what they were talking about yesterday? <laughs> what? You, is that what they were talking about yesterday? No. Actually, I have not discussed that part of the, the whole deal with them. It's, it's like a it's a weird situation. I wish I could see him, but or talk to them at some point. The other Aguillons, but you know, that's just what it is. I don't know how the fuck this shit happens. Do you do you get any like backlash or like or pushback on like you putting yourself out on the internet? Or, like, what are you doing? Like, like from family or friends? Like, what what are you trying to do with yourself? Like, you know how we are. God you know yes. <laughs> God, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially in the beginning. Now that it's had some, you know, some modicum of success and they've been able to see it on the regular TV. <laughs> they, now, the, now they're like cooler and they get it. But, well, also, I was wilding out hard that first year, bro. <laughs> Going nuts. I mean, we were having some crazy episodes. So, and I would say all kinds of outlandish stuff. I was trying to be the most basic, savage version of myself on the camera. So that people could just accept that. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to box myself into the politician hole that I had done the last time where I had to be fucking good all the time. So I went hard, hard left. <laughs> and they did, not, they did not appreciate that too much. That makes um, yeah. um, I, I kind of um, I kind of relate to that because when, when Worm and I started the podcast, I told them that I didn't want to, once we decided that we were trying to do good, I didn't want to go into politics social issues or religion too quick. Like I wanted to push other things and uh... <laughs> Sorry, uh, my dog, my dog. Okay. Your, <laughs> facial, your facial feature. <laughs> you got to do the dog whisper thing, man. Do. Dude, I was, I was doing the whole, <laughs> I was, I was in a way. Look, hey, look, they heard me doing it and they got all weird. <laughs> the thing is, the dogs, the mosquitoes love the fucking dogs, you know? Mm. So they come around me. Now I got mosquitoes on me. <laughs> oh, Eventually, you have to get in some uh, some social issues talk or whatever if you really want to make <laughs> change. Like, you're going to get into it. And I know that for me, I probably will offend somebody with my thinking. And it's weird. Like you're, you're not gonna please everybody, and I get that. Um, the good thing about this show is that we're not trying to tell people how to think. We're just trying to uh, pers- uh, push a different perspective. That's him. I'm trying to tell people how to think. <laughs> I <laughs> have the right perspective. <laughs> I'm with you, Warm. There you go, brother. <laughs> I just think, like you know, you push a different perspective, a new way of mm-hmm. thinking, a new experience that somebody hasn't uh, pushed or you maybe haven't experienced yourself and you at least know a little more than you came in with. And then from there you can make your own decisions. 
I have an opinion and I'm definitely going to push it, but I will be very respectful of an, alter, uh, of an alternate opinion. And not only that, I'm going to try my best to try to understand what you're saying. Hmm. And you know, sometimes it doesn't click, especially in the heat of the moment. When some, and if somebody tells you something all fucked up, like in a fucked up way, and that happens a lot when you start getting into these political dialogues. People talk to you crazy. Uh, it's hard to hear really what they're saying because they're talking like an asshole. Um, yeah. but, but I try to listen and even sometimes later it, I, I like think about it when I say well there's some merit to what they're saying there but it's a, it, yeah, just be respectful of the other people allow them the opportunity to speak also I on the idea of trying to I don't need to win you over to my argument mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what my argument is if you agree with that come by if you don't that's okay keep it moving yeah and I, there's this podcast that I, I haven't put out uh, one of my friends, his argument was my way of thinking, my perspective, my opinion, my vote shouldn't end our friendship because he lost yes. friends. And And I haven't put it out there, not only, not because I was waiting for the right time, but also, I mean, I had some tech issues with it. I'm trying to save the, the, the video. Like, it won't render, but maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's the government. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, Ooh, the NSA, man. The Tejano I, Illuminati. <laughs> Are we fucking with you? <laughs> Selena, I'm You should have kept your mouth shut, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but so I think like that's the that's definitely what I want to push out there is like, you know, my way of thinking is only a way of thinking because of what the way I grew up and what I what the experiences I've had. And let me tell you about my experience and my perspective. And then you decide, like, if that fits you. If it doesn't fit you, keep it going. You know, I'm not going to – we're not here to change that from you. Yeah, I do, I, I, there was some point when I just gave up trying to convince people and shit. I was like, well, why, why do I even give a fuck? Think what you want or don't. I don't <laughs> what do I care? I, re, I remember one time just thinking to myself, like, what fucking difference does it make to me? Just, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was still thinking. Doesn't affect you, so fuck it. Yeah, what am I doing? Fighting with you? You know, there's the most stupidest thing you could possibly do. Those fucking Facebook fights about stupid political things, and all of a sudden people become the most uh, the expert in these arcane fucking facts and shit. You know, (laughs) and I'm there, and I'm like, what am I doing? This don't do this. This is not a good look. All right, let's, let's, uh, I want to go with these two questions uh, before I let you go. And I'm going to ask you to do one thing before you go, and it's going to be okay. super silly, but I really want this to happen. <laughs> okay. This question, like, you're a hardcore San Antonio, and you grew up. Start undressing. <laughs> <laughs> please, King. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, born and raised San Antonio, South Side. Oh, actually, I don't, did we even talk about this? Why... If for somebody, okay, I'm not born in San Antonio, but I spent the majority of my adult life in San Antonio, so I kind of consider myself San Antonio. But for some reason, no matter where I live, west side, north side, I work on the east side. From what I've seen all this, everybody agrees that south side just has its own culture and its own thing going on, like its own part of the world. Why do you think that is? Shit fucking beats me, man. It was here long before I got here. 
I inherited a rich culture. I don't know what the fuck happened. You know, you're right. I, okay, here's what I think it might stem from, though. My guess. San Antonio starts in the south side. Uh, uh, Harlandale starts in the granary over there at Mission San Jose. So I think we're still the heart of the city uh, in mm -hmm. some way. If that's where it starts, if that's where it stems from, there's still going to be a special connection to that orig origin point. In some way, you know, there's always going to be something there. Now, the people here, I don't know, man. I mean, it's so weird to me. Like, it, it's not, it's weird and not weird. It's weird to me that other people aren't like this. But imagine seeing somebody fucking just wearing a wife beater. who got tattoos all over their face, bald head, look mean as a motherfucker, yoked. And you go ask him for directions on how to get to the next bus stop or something. He goes, oh, check it out. So what you can do is two blocks up. And I, I mean, like, what? You know what I mean? And, and it's not, that's just like regular. It's so weird because like, I, that's how all the people, and there's some bad actors, but dude, even this, check this out. When I got arrested at Home Depot for trying to jack that shit, <laughs> the, the security and I were like having a tussle outside. And while we were having that tussle, Two old guys came in. Hey, leave him alone. Hello. Hello. But just think about it like that. They saw something there. They didn't know me. They didn't need to give a fuck about anything that was happening to me, period. And they jumped in anyways. I was even trying to think today, like, why do I love the South Side? I heard some people do, like, some corny ass shit talking about the South Side and, like, why they love it. And I was thinking, like, how can you even answer a question like that? for me you know like i i grew up here and my fondest memories are fucking walking like walking to the bus stop walking to the next destination whatever and i just remember looking down at the sidewalk thinking looking around people would give you water if you need it you know people take care of you it's just hard like how do you even explain that 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 feeling like a sense of home in a place where you don't even i mean like come on it, it's so weird people don't get this feeling all the time of it and maybe why it uh it resonates with other people. I'm excellent. I like that. Uh, I'm glad I heard that perspective as we're talking about perspective. Um, you know, going to school on the West Side, like uh, I'll, I think just... Well, the West Side's got it too. The Wessel. The we hey! Wessel. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to isolate that clip and show it to my <laughs> Because she's, she grew up West Side. Uh, uh -huh. so, yeah, so... And I told her, like, I was in college when she met me. I was like, El Hueso, El Hueso. And she goes, nobody calls it that. Nobody calls yeah. it that. I was like, oh, people call it. <laughs> hey, oh, oh, yeah. Hey, she's not talking to enough drunks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's number one. You <laughs> <laughs> need to get her socialized. There was a church I would go to. There was a church I would go to on the west side. And, yeah, a lot of the older guys. And, I mean, grew up uh -huh. there. They still live there. And, like, yeah, we love the Hueso and everything. So, that's well, how that's I learned that. Like, so. I'm, uh, I'm not as familiar with the East or the North side, but I don't know that they have like a cultural legacy right now that I, that I know of, that, that I'm like really plugged into. That could just be my ignorance. But the West side and the South side, I definitely, I feel like there's a certain feeling to that, you know? Hmm. And it's where I think it would it, like, if, if you look at it from a certain direction, downtown is right in the middle of it. And it's like, Depending where you're looking from it. Because also asking like my wife, Hey, we're gonna go here and it's past highway nine is like, Oh, that's the south side. That's going to the south. It's like I don't go to the south because she's all oh, <laughs> ew. <laughs> I 
first of all, who yeah. the, <laughs> the West? I know the West so ain't talking shit. <laughs> I've actually worked before I became a teacher. I actually worked on the South Side at this Mission Road Developmental Center for uh, kids that live in uh, with special needs that live in group homes. Um, and I met a lot of people, and a lot of the people that worked there were Southside people. And so yeah. they were very proud people. And that's where I really started getting the the thought, of, or not the thought, but the experience of like, man, Southside people really are prideful. They're, they're their own culture, they're their own, there's something. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but there's something. They're boastful, they're arrogant. They're, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> There's raised puffy tacos on the west side. Mm-hmm. I love that. We should go try it. Now, nah, it's on the west side. We ain't going over there. We got our own food over here. <laughs> yeah, man. No, that's the truth. And I think south side is for the same way. Not specifically about the west side. I, that west side, south side shit to me is, man, get out of town, Jack. We're both ghetto as fuck. Neither <laughs> yeah. one of us has a leg to stand on to be calling the other. One of them wants to say, it's so dangerous over there on the west side. And there's other people that say, it's not dangerous over there in the South Side. Meanwhile, we both got like the same number of fucking active shootings, burglaries, kidnappings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so, no, no, no. But it's, it's fun to play, but come on. <laughs> what, are we, what are we talking about? I mean, when it really comes down to, like, I think, you know, I'm sure there's some kind of territorial stuff between some people, but yeah. I think it's just the pride of, you know, it's like that high school stuff. Like, no, I'm, this is who we are. This is, this is us. But what I respected, and I've always respected this, at least from the West Side, like I didn't go to, I did yeah. work maybe a year, and a, a year or maybe a little less than a year on the South Side. Like it seemed like everybody, I think this is just a Rasa. Like we respect uh, the fact that there's a family, we're not going to mess with them. There's a, this is where religious people gather. We're not going to mess with that. Uh, no matter what we're doing in our life, if our life is a life of crime or whatever, you know, gangster stuff, there's respect. There's a certain respect, and I don't know if this is understood everywhere, but, like, for me, on the on the west side, going to school at Arlita Lake, nothing ever. I could walk at 1.30 in the, in the morning across campus. Nobody's going to mess with you. You can see a suspicious character walking by, and he's like, and then just keep going. Like, Man, not- the same thing. You know, that's why I think, like, my second favorite people to Southsiders are Westsiders. I think they're still both playing by those old school rules like you're talking about. There's a, mm-hmm. a level, and this is the one thing I don't get. And there's a certain demo of people who do this very badly. <laughs> but the way they talk to you off the bat is so weird. It's not like, it's not coming to you first with respect and then working from there, you know? Yeah. I think it's in the South and in the West. You start from a level of respect and then you fuck it up or make it better from there. What's one thing out of all the people you've interviewed, what's one reoccurring theme of concern that you see for San Antonio? And I think we probably already touched on it, but what's one thing like that you can think of right now out of concern that San Antonio should be doing as a city for the community? Oh, we got to find ways to guard against gentrification. Mm. That, those special things you're talking about in the South and the West Side, I've seen it happen in other cities. Uh, I, got to, I had the privilege to live in Miami for a little bit. Those people got gentrified the fuck out of their neighborhoods. Yeah. What there was once, 
like Little Havana, these kinds of places, you know, they still retain some of those things. But as the developers are encroaching more and more on their space, they're losing it. So I got to see it over there, how it happens. And I saw some places that were already too far gone. They had already been sold out and there was like five people from the original neighborhoods. Everybody else was a transient resident. And it was, it was like weird. It was weird to see. So those things will happen here. We will lose those sense, uh, that sense of uh, South side and West side. It will only be a memory that people call upon for commercial purposes. If we do not find a way to guard against it, there's ways to do it on a city level where they can provide some means for the people to actually become homeowners. Um, and I think there's ways for us to build more affordable housing projects. And not, I'm not talking about like projects like the towers anymore. I'm talking about homes, like Habitat for Humanity style, where mm, people can own yeah. a piece of San Antonio. We've got to find ways to get them pieces of San Antonio. The, the people will make good with this place when they have a stake in it. If all you are is a renter for life, there's going to be a part of it that's going to, like, fuck this place. You know, it's, it's temporary. Mm, that's true. So since you've seen it in Miami and so uh, – here in San, let's say, uh, let's say the people don't guard against it. How long, or do you have like a projection of how long they could, I guess, gentrify everything? Maybe twenty years, thirty years. I think I if, it, if it's in twenty years we're getting a million more people, then that's probably the timeline to be looking at. Yeah. Is that we've got twenty years, we probably have like five to ten years to try to inoculate ourselves from most oh, of wow. the severe impact. Then that second, the the second ten year. Uh, package that we have on the second end of the 20 year package is probably going to be like a lot of, if we haven't done our homework, then it will be playing catch up and just trying our best to find ways to save people's homes or, or like, it won't be about expanding a home ownership. It will be about protecting home ownership. That's where we don't want to be. If what we're doing is defending against like X amount of people being pushed out, whew, that's not a good spot. We want to be on the off. Offensive, not the defensive. All right, last question, uh, just to end it on a positive note. Um, what is one thing, or maybe multiple if you want to get into it, but one thing that San Antonio is doing on a good note for its people and the communities around it that other communities can probably learn from? I just heard that Bear County is now, they have secured the funding to send mental health professionals with the sheriff's office, I think, to certain calls. So it won't just be a cop anymore. That's, that's moving in the right direction. I mean, even if, whatever, don't, I don't even talk about slogans and shit. That's good. That's good. That's going to make people's lives better. Have you seen, have you seen the, the documentary? Oh my God, I'm going to have to look this up. Hold on. It's based here in San Antonio. It's an HBO documentary. Oh shit. Police officers. And what? it's actually, huh? I didn't know that. No, it's really good. Um, it's called Ernie and Joe Crisis Cop. Okay. They're both police officers here in San Antonio, San Antonio PD. Um, what they do is they're usually the ones that are called when there's a, you know, a, a possible jumper on the highway or a bridge and they try to tuck them down. They get called for domestic violence calls where there may be a, somebody holding wife or husband at gunpoint. So they have to talk these people down. And the way they, these guys do it, um, instead of going in guns blazing and that's ready to blow the door out or 
get this guy and you know whatever we we're seeing now in the news they try to like get into a mental state of like we're here to help you you can trust us we're not we're we we they don't even come in uniform or anything they're like we're just here to talk and it's a good documentary to watch um and it's so weird to me that like in school in high school they thought it was important enough that they said we need to have counselors in there because these kids are going to have things that they're going to have to sort out. And then in regular life, like, I mean, there's not like a, like a city counselor center. You know, you just go over there and check in. Like, I don't know. It's just weird that they would think that that's good for the kids. But then when you grow up, of course, you're still going to need some yeah. support somehow. Or if you, if you need the support, you have to pay X amount of money that most people either don't afford or they make it a stigma to go see this counselor. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is strange. I, and you know what? It's not even like I, I go, I, I don't see a, a person or nothing, but why, I, if there was a center in town, like downtown, maybe when things were not working out so good, I could just go in and see like, hey man, things are not going well. Yeah, like a, a, quick, a quick walk in, it's like, hey man, I'm not doing good today and I want to talk about it. Yeah, and it's so weird because like I don't even, it's like a, it's such a, like a different kind of conversation. I never thought about government like this, uh, like let's say five years ago. But now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, there's ways that they can actually be making our lives better. We don't have to just take what they give us. It's just, uh, it's, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but they're going to figure it out. Oh, those people out there protesting downtown. I've got to talk to a couple of them and they, they got ideas and shit. I don't know. Cause I always felt like San Antonio had like this, I know there's been bad situations and I'm not blind to that, but um, I've always felt that San Antonio had like this hardcore respect for their police officers. Like the culture did just mix in with each other. I could be wrong. And it just could be from my perspective. I haven't seen enough of it. Um, I think there's probably more of that here than there is in other places. But I think also there has always been and it probably grew, you know, a little bit over the course of the last couple of months, of uh, uh, like an undercurrent of individuals who were really pissed off about what was happening and really felt like taken advantage of. I even watched that jogger, you know, he was jogging and the police officer tried to trick him into thinking he had yeah. to answer questions. And the police officer was being quite rude about it. And, and, you know, the response is, well, he should have just complied. And I don't, why? If I was just going for a job, why should he have to do that? So there's a, there is a bit of an arrogance on the part of the officers. And I think this happens um, whenever you give somebody power and power is a hell of a thing. No, probably nobody ever checks them on it really. I mean, except their superiors. Right. So that's, I, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. There is a certain respect, but they have abused it such that I think a lot of us are where we, there's change. Change needs to come. Oh yeah. I agree with that, but, Dang, I really wanted to end on a positive note. We'll end up on a good one, but I really want to bring this up now that you said that. Um, and I don't know if this is a culture thing or maybe it happens other places, but from what I see, like the Mexican, the Hispanic, the Latino, whatever you consider yourself, um, do you ever hear the talk of, hey, just just do, ask caso, ask caso, whatever, whatever it is, just listen to them and whatever they want, do it because it's safer for you to just come home versus not coming home. Like, no, yeah, no, no, that's, no, just do it. Just get home. 
yeah. I think that's the message that I think I think a lot of us hear that and we're like that yeah, fuck yeah I'm trying to go home I'm not trying to die you know and it's it's easy to be brave you know right now talking or, or having an idea or a philosophical talk but it's a fuck ton harder you know when you're, what are you gonna do when you're handcuffed how are you possibly gonna fight back and even if you could some of these guys are monsters have you seen them and it's like no you're gonna you're gonna lose in some way so it just get it's but see this is what happens just like with anything else when you have a fight with anybody because it was so out of whack the balance the, the power balance was so out of whack if somebody took advantage of you from that and all you could do is swallow it imagine what that does to you where that is just festering building up building up building up now imagine your neighbor your cousin this guy whatever the fuck you guys all have that same feeling. And now you can talk about it. Oh, man, that's something dangerous. You can understand why people start to light shit on fire. Because that thing that you had to suppress to survive, it's going to find a way back. That's why these cops got to be, they've got to be more mindful of the way that they are interacting with individuals. Dang, that makes sense. And that also goes into like my personality of, I'll or like anybody, you bottle up so much that eventually it's going to blow up. Exactly. Here's a positive thing. We're talking about a segment of police interactions. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. do a lot of, they, they do some good things too. It's not like they're all assholes. There's been like kind cops that I've met throughout my life. There's been really fucked up cops that I've met throughout my life. And it's just that those fucked up ones, man, that fucking taste lingers. Oof. You ever drank milk when you thought you were going to get Sprite? <laughs> it's all hey, fucked up. It's weird. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, then I know how to end on a positive note. Is there a too hard, too fast moment that uh, you're you feel comfortable sharing with us? I think he just too hard, too fast. I got it. All right, here's a good one. I was like 16, had just had my birthday party, and in my neighborhood there was a strip club called La Hacienda. How it got zoned is. It wouldn't even fucking, it doesn't make no fucking sense. Imagine, seriously, houses, like just a regular old neighborhood, and right in the middle of those houses is a strip club. (laughs) It was weird. Only on the south side. (laughs) Dude, and so it was like um, maybe five blocks from my house walking, just taking the, the, like, and it was all back street, no main street, just back streets to the, so I I fucking got up the gumption that night. I said, man, I'm going to go. I went, I had my birthday money. I showed up to the strip club, fucking walking. That's a smooth move, of course. Uh, go in there, and they let me in. And then guess what? First fucking stripper I see, bro, pregnant. Big time pregnant. Not a little bit pregnant, like eight months. Hardcore eight months, dude. Here's how I know eight months exactly. <laughs> if you've ever been to a strip club, you know how it works. You sit there, and without anybody asking, without you asking anybody to do anything, they start coming to you to see if they can get some more money out of you. Yeah. So she fucking, this pregnancy, right? I'm already, my mind blown. Like, well, I like that. I got to see some titties. though. that was cool. But it's still, I mean, on a pregnant lady, it's fucking weird. So then she walks down from the stage. She spots me, a newcomer, young blood that she could easily prey on. So she comes up, bro. I weigh no more at that time than a buck 30. Wow. She sits on my lap. Oh my God, man. Oh, I, my knees were buckling, man. Ah, like I could barely sustain that. 
she sat there and she starts telling me all this stuff like you know come upstairs and all these other things and i said huh and i did not understand that she was trying to be a prostitute i didn't get what was happening she just so she tells me to buy this little wristband and all these things so i got it and then when we're about to go up the stairs she goes oh of course you have a condom right and i said well for what (laughs) (laughs) that's true right (laughs) i said i was gonna go home to get it never came back i got too scared (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't ready man i wasn't ready i wasn't ready for that man it was was not good no i was in my own neighborhood crazy huh (laughs) but i didn't see that video uh you know it was all demolished and somebody's trying to rebuild it but for a restaurant or something? I don't remember. No, an art center. Art, an community art, center. art space. An art center. And get this. Here's another cool story from that strip club. I took my friend from Rwanda. He came into town he, from college. He'd come with me. And we went to that strip club. And uh, this beautiful stripper gets on stage. Big old boobies. And <laughs> she, she, again, they come down. They come to talk to you. And she went to sit down on my friend Bosco's lap. And we told her he was from Rwanda. So she takes his head, fucking motorboats the shit out of him. And he comes up, you know, as a glass off, and he goes, God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's amazing, dude. And on that positive note, that's where we're going to end. The God two- bless America. One more God cheer. God bless America. Thanks for having the Carpenter's Apprentice with us. The Carpenter's right. Apprentice. Telling San Antonio's story by way of the South Side. Cheers. 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 Mm. Love it. <laughs> With that said, guys, uh, the Carpenter's Apprentice, you can find them on Instagram. Give us your Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, you can find us at tc.apprentice. On Facebook or YouTube, you can find us under the Carpenter's Apprentice. Perfect. Um, he's got a lot of good shows You and episodes you need to watch, especially if you're from San Antonio. If you're not from San Antonio, you still will learn a lot from him. Other than that, remember, dare to be you, dare to be weird. Worm, what are you going to say? The Tejano Illuminati is listening. Callate way. So sorry. <laughs> Selena for life. Um, that's it. Another podcast down the drain. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Go follow the Carpenter's Apprentice. Right. Bye. Follow, 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 follow. Gentlemen, I appreciate it very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep in touch. Yes.